Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. It's Hot Food Hot, the show that puts the pain in panko. I'm Tyler Burrish, your host of the podcast. Here we talk about food culture, travel, and, of course, ways to save money. In this week's episode, we're catching up on a restaurant that may seem out of place, a real diamond in the rough in the badlands of South Dakota. Then, we're considering how to throw a modern-day party, and no, it does not include a COVID keg stand. Later, we're flying around the world while talking about some tourist attractions few may know about. And before we wrap, we're going to the phone lines to see what questions our listeners have, and let's get right into it. Mount Rushmore. I'm going to Mount Rushmore. I haven't really been traveling since COVID, just a couple of road trips, and finally I have a vacation planned. You see, my dad, and it's terrible news, of course, has been diagnosed with cancer. We've gotten through some pretty heavy treatments, and everything's better and a couple weeks ago doctors found another small amount of cancer so we're setting up another round of treatments and the funny thing is that since his first treatments took around three months and this round of treatments is scheduled to be about two weeks my dad's laughing it off you know like what guts this guy it's it's freaking cancer and he's being like whatever let's go it's the same doctors. Uh, he's familiar with the process. Um, he seems comfortable with it. So why the travel to South Dakota? Well, I haven't seen my dad's homeland of South Dakota is one reason. But also, I asked him if he wanted to go to an island, and he said no. I asked him what beach. He said no. So here we go. I got to go pick him up in my hometown in Iowa, hop on Interstate 90 and haul them all the way across the state, making him be my tour guide over in South Dakota. Yeah, I'm perhaps kidding about making him, but, uh, you know, no, really, though, I I started looking into it, and there's a bit of foodie things to do there. Um, It it might be an okay time. First off, let's get this out of the way. They have this stuff there called chislic. Chislic? It's fried meat on a stick. I guess it's like a snack or... Like bar bites, we might say. But then, you know, once we get to Mount Rushmore and check that out, and right there in Rapid City, they have this historic hotel called the Hotel Alex Johnson. There's a rooftop restaurant and bar there that looks really sweet. It's kind of like if steampunk went floral and then went Midwest. Ah! What happened? My cocktail's delicious! It's like every day I serve people and I just want a day where people serve me. And what's cool too is I'm going to pick up a couple of baseball gloves, left-handed for me and right-handed for him. Time to play catch, dad. Are you looking forward to your first or next house party? Currently there are approximately say 245 different ways to serve beer and wine and yes, options that can be purchased in bulk to avoid excess cans and bottles of beers and wines. What would I do? Well, one of your kitchen cabinets can be modified to hold two to three pony kegs, sometimes called sixth barrel or quarter barrel. And that's 
one-sixth the fraction, one-quarter the fraction, barrel kegs. If you watch for the country of origin of your beers, you will see how domestic beers tend to follow the imperial measurements, while most import beers are using the metric system. It's since beer is a global industry. Your cabinets can feature a temporary ice tray that you would first load your kegs into and then bags of ice around the kegs. The taps could screw into place on the kitchen counter. And when not in use, let's face it, I mean, they may always be in use, you may have decorative inserts, either the same finish as your countertops to hide this beer, wine, tap functionality and it doesn't always have to be alcohol of course you can push other liquids through the system or you could also have something like an aged copper as your insert accent so that it pops as an accent it becomes a talking point and you know let's face it, it might look impressive oh and i have a treat for the listeners today it's my dj foodie name my dj name is dj Canell. That's Canel with a Q. I have my DJ equipment that I take around to different parties. <laughs> Canels are those cute French oval-shaped meat dumplings that you need to try. Or better yet, make them at home. Now, a message for all our listeners about the round-the-world flight. I guess you can book like... 15 consecutive flights with these companies and as long as they're all one way latitudinally east to west you know either all east or all west you get like an extreme discount they're called round the world tickets i'm trying to figure out like what all i would do with that i would do things like the three tuna auctions you know famously they're are tuna auctions in Honolulu, Hawaii, New York City, and then Tokyo. That's where the you know global tuna economy is occurring. And in these three locations, you can visit these places. I would do something like the Seven Seas, but you have to be in a boat and get a photo. I'd have all these side missions or like achievements in Call of Duty. You have like these smaller missions that are inside of the larger mission, like. If there were any family member or friend or loved one that had traveled internationally and mentioned a place, or if you had a friend that went to London, that's this trip that you finally go visit them at their flat. You'd see the castles in Germany, you'd ski on the Alps, there's that big rock in Sri Lanka, they call it uh, Sigiriya, 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 they say. Uh, you'd go to Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam, you'd have all the street foods and all these great Asian cities. Um, you'd go to fine dining in Sydney. I've always wanted to do that. Uh, maybe you'd get a little trip to the outback while you're in Australia there. And in South America, they have this hand in the desert. It's like this sculpture, this oversized hand. I guess it's like the size of a football goalpost in the middle of nowhere. And you could just go up to it and think that people graffiti on it so if you go there maybe it's a one one of a kind decoration on it that you can get a selfie with or you know whatever the case may be uh if you're that close to you gotta head to santiago and then you know what's next is easter island floating out there and maybe that would cost extra on one of those round the world tickets i i don't know you'd, you'd have to chart it out you'd set a month-long schedule and you'd stick to it and I guess if you want to waver off the path, you either book a different flight or take a bus or find some other way to get there. Anyways, 
this gives us something to think about as we plan our revenge travel. Okay, next. We're going to the phone lines to take a listener question, and let's go with Max. Hello, Max. Hello. Yes, Max, you're on the air. Oh, um, well, I had a question about coffee grinders. Okay. Well, see, for most of my life, I've been drinking normal coffee grounds that you buy at the store. Sure. I was at a friend's house last week, and they had a coffee grinder, and they said they loved it. I guess they just have to be sure that when they're at the grocery store, they buy the whole beans of coffee instead of the grounds. That's right. Just the whole beans of coffee at the grocery store and the coffee grinder, and you're all set. What, what's your question, Max? Well, how do I know what coffee grinder to buy? Very good question, Max. We get that one a lot, actually. Thanks. First, you will need to consider your budget. Now, there are coffee grinders that will technically grind your coffee for under $20, but you know that old saying, you get what you pay for? The grinders around the $50 to $100 range, maybe a little more, if you're willing to spend that much, will feel like a higher quality in your hands. The weight of the the lines of the design will be better, but also the quality of the consistency of the beans being ground. And you don't have to grind your grounds all the way to the finest powder, like in the less expensive grind, just to ensure evenness. Meanwhile, that may be too fine of a grind anyway for your drip coffee machine. If you're going with a cheap grinder, I recommend trying three different fill levels of your coffee maker or three different fill levels of a French press if you're using that. Find the level of coffee, time the grind for the grinder, count to five in your head or something, then fill the water to create your own grind recipe, coffee brew recipe that works for your kitchen and most importantly works for you. Now, a couple of tips here for you, Max. There are grinders out there that specialize in sound dampening. These are great if you're the first one up in the morning at your household and have a beautiful spouse sleeping in the other room or don't want to wake the children, newborn baby, what have you. You can grind your coffee, enjoy great coffee, and you don't have to bother anyone still sleeping. Consider if you're taking early morning flights as well. This may be a good feature to have. You may want this tool in your house that you can utilize. In my dream house, on my dream island, I would use a coffee mill. There are companies out there that make beautiful masterpieces, coffee mills with a hand crank. They're shaped like little pieces of furniture and works of art, but heavy duty on the inside where you want it. The gears are situated so that the action is easy on the hands, but the grinder is strong enough to power through the beans and dang it, don't you just want to have pretty things in the kitchen? I hope that helps you, Max, and best of luck in your future coffee grinding endeavors. That's it for the podcast this week, everyone. Tune in next week for more food, travel, and saving stimulations. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to subscribe. Thank you for listening. Submit your questions by calling 816-813-2669. Again, that's 816-813-2669. And remember, life is a journey. And we journey together.